You're listening to the Passion and Perspective podcast with your host, Jonathan Robinson-Lees. Thanks for joining us for the latest episode of the Passion and Perspective podcast. Today, we speak with Marnie Ponton, an elite athlete, mother of two, and an emergency nurse practitioner. As a cross-discipline runner balancing her time between her passions, career, and family, Marnie has built a lifestyle centered on consistency. After time away from the sport, Marnie credits the inspiring and supportive community, plus the environment itself across the Blue Mountains, which helped her reacquaint her love with running. Rediscovering her passion has seen Marnie compete with the best runners domestically and around the world. Please enjoy the latest episode of the Passion and Perspective podcast. Marnie, welcome to the Passion and Perspective podcast. Uh, Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be a part of it. Marnie, in 2018, you competed in the Commonwealth Half Marathon Championships and the following year, you contested the World Cross Country Games. What did it mean for you to represent Australia at those events? It meant quite a lot. Um, I've always wanted to represent Australia and um, I just got the opportunity. I had had a big break from running and I was coming back after a couple of years of kind of hard training and, and to make... The Commonwealth Half Marathon champs was amazing. And then more important for me was making the World Cross Country champs to kind of feel like I've actually achieved something in running. So uh, it meant a lot. And were those events a success for you? And how do you define your success when it comes to these competitions? Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a good question. Um, uh, well, World Half, uh, well, the Commonwealth, um, half marathon champs I think I came six and that was uh, I, I was happy with the position but I think for that particular event I ran a PB so that I was I couldn't run faster so I, I was I was super pleased um, as far as the um, world cross country champs that's a bit different because courses are different wherever wherever you go and it this was the, it was in Aarhus Denmark and it was the hardest course that they've um, that they've kind of really had in cross country in recent years. So previous cross country was done on on, on quite like manicured grass, but World Athletics has has made a real decision to kind of bring back true cross country running. So they had a you know a water pit, a mud pit, a sand pit, and no flat, and it was seventy five meters elevation every two kilometers for a two kilometre loop and it was it was wild and yeah it was great to be part of. Do you enjoy those kind of events where it's a little bit different it's not your traditional running on road or running as gra- on grass as you mentioned? Yeah like for cross country it's where like your 1500 metre runner kind of meets your marathon runner and we all meet in the middle and and see what we can do over 10k so that's what I like about it and you know there's six athletes from each country represent, like representing their countries at the world champs. So it's super hard to, you know, go really well. Um, but it, you know, everyone's there. So, you know, you're, you're, um, you know, going to be in a really solid race. And how do you handle it, Marty? Cause I think we saw a little bit in the Olympics where probably more through the media that people who 
got a silver or a bronze or in the top five, if it wasn't a gold, we as kind of the general public didn't celebrate it potentially as much as we should have. How do you go about that example where you said you, you play six, but it was a PB, you ran the best race you can. Do you find that's a bit of a challenge in terms of other people's perception of your performance? Yeah, I think, you, I, yeah, it's super difficult to, you know, I guess everyone thinks that you, oh, you haven't done well if you haven't podiumed, but I don't know. Like, um, I, I hear what you're saying and, and yeah, it's tricky. I don't think people quite understand how hard it is just to even line up and, and, and be a part of the team, let alone, you know, having an opportunity to medal. It's, uh, <laughs> it's sometimes impossible. <laughs> And you mentioned before that for those two events, it was years of training, a culmination of hard work. At what point did it become a goal for you to compete at the world stage? Uh, I think I've uh, grown up in athletics, so I've, I've probably done athletics since I was eight. And, um, you know, I'd done a few races like World Mountain Running Champs and this and that. And um, I think when I had a break and came back from running, I... Uh, I was coming back to running to kind of achieve goals that I, I hadn't previously achieved. So um, the goal for me was to make an Australian team and it, it still is now with the, the marathon. And um, I think it's just a, a bit of a tick in the box for me to say, yeah, you, you've done what you've uh, set out to do. And years earlier, back in 2004, Marnie, you won gold in the 3,000 metre steeplechase at the Australian Athletic Championships. What was that moment like for you? Yes, I can't even, like, um, it's so hard to reflect back on those, on those races. Like, I don't even, so many years ago. <laughs> um, definitely winning national medals is always, um, always amazing. So, like, uh, I, I do remember winning that championship and uh, just over the moon. There's something about winning a national champ where you're just uh, you're very pleased. And at that point in time, winning that gold medal, was there an ambition for you to pursue athletics further as a mm, career option? Never as it's interesting. Like, um, never as a career, no. So uh, back when I was doing athletics, like early on, um, you know, I don't think there's ever opportunity to kind of make a, a living out of it. So you're either going to go well and uh, have money coming in from somewhere else or you were going to um, progress your career. And I think that's where I kind of got to, where I kind of, I was still running, but I was making a, um, a push for my career. So I guess that's why I kind of drifted away slightly from running. And coming back then from the break more recently, why the shift to the longer distances? You know, back then it was the shorter ones, the steeplechase. Now you're pushing 10Ks up to marathons and beyond. What, what drew you to those longer distances? Look, I always was going to run a marathon, always. So ever since I was little, um, I've always followed the marathon. You know, I remember sitting in my bedroom with an article pre-2000 Olympics and seeing what the, what the qualified time was, which was like, uh, I think it was 2.34. And in my head, uh, I knew that I was always going to do the marathon. My first ever coach, she was a marathon runner. She's like a, a, became almost the second mum to me. And um, she always said, Marnie, when you're ready, you're going to be a good marathoner. So it was always there. I was always going to do it. I just uh, needed some time. 
And your personal best to this point is two hours, 31 minutes. The goal is to, to get sub 2.30. Why is that so significant for you? Well, 2.29.30 is uh, the world champ qualifier. So I, w- I want to kind of be a part of that. So the aim is to, go s- to, try and, to try and run that time. Marty, you grew up in Yass in regional New South Wales. What was your childhood like? Um, it was fun, yeah. I, um, I grew up in Yass and uh, uh, it's just a really small country town and that's where I got introduced to athletics. So um, there was just a, a trout farmer, fellow called, his name was Don and he was a sprints coach and uh, that's how I started running is just joining joining a group on Tuesday, Thursday. And it was all sprint training, but I knew that I was better at the middle distance stuff, but it was, at least I had a group to train with. And um, so, but then when I hit high school, I used to um, commute all the way to Canberra, which is about an hour and a half each day on the bus um, to kind of do my high school education and then moved into Canberra after that. Do you recall that moment as an eight-year-old, what you loved about running? Yeah, I liked to. I liked. Um, I like competing, and I like pushing. Yeah, so I. Um, I had to wait till I was year three to run the eight hundred against the year sixes, and that's when I knew because I waited my my years because I used to do like pre year three. You know, you did sixty meters and the the shorter events and terrible uh, terrible fast twitch. In year three, I was able to do the eight hundred, and that was the moment that I knew that I loved middle distance running. I love the push, I love going hard and I like to um, go well. And you spoke there about going to school in Yas, but then high school in Canberra. What was the role of education in your upbringing? Um, well, it was tricky. You couldn't, I guess there wasn't much opportunity back in the day. If you went to high school in Yas and my parents wanted um, just for me to experience a little bit more and have opportunity. So that's why I used to commute um, commute each day. So what's that, three hours a day? Just so I could, I guess that opened up my sporting life as well because then Canberra was opened up with different coaches and I was ended up getting coached by a coach in Canberra. And, um, and it just enabled me to kind of uh, do, follow what I wanted to do yeah, later on in life. Did you have career ambitions at that point when, you know, when you're commuting into Canberra as a teenager? Was there a, a career path that you were drawn to? Um, I was always drawn to something in health, yeah. So um, mum kind of said, oh, why don't you try nursing? Because uh, I didn't know whether I wanted to join the police force, be a nurse or whatever. Or, um, so my mum made me work in a nursing home uh, to see whether I liked it and I kind of did and then that was the first degree that I did. Yeah, it was in, in a Bachelor of Nursing. And who was encouraging you to really pursue your athletics further? Was it coming from your parents? Was there a particular coach who kind of kept pushing you along? Um, and my parents were the opposite. So they were the non-pushing push parents. So uh, they would continually kind of draw me back no money no you can't do that you need to um so definitely not from my parents they were just supportive uh, i think it was all internal it was all me <laughs> has that often been the case with you with everything that you're quite internally driven and motivated yes yeah 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 so i i see something that i want and i i try and work really hard to get that i can be a bit single-minded Marnie, after 
20 years of running, you took a break to start a family and forge a career. How important was it for you just to kind of hit pause on the running in your life and, and really focus in on, on family and career? Well, I think it was really, really important. So I think I'd kind of lost a little bit of passion for running. So I needed, um, I needed a break from that. And um, I needed to focus on my career because I needed to work out what I wanted to do. And I needed to do some more study as well. So um, I'd made the decision that I probably wanted to be a nurse practitioner. So I went and did a Masters of Emergency uh, Nursing and then I went and uh, did a Masters of Nurse Practitioner and at the same time we also started a family. So, yeah, had two kids. I had, I had one and my partner had the other. Yeah, so just really needed to get that in order and then after all of that, it kind of life settled down and I was able to just uh, crack on back to the running. I was ready. With your university, what did you learn Aside from the practical stuff and the stuff you needed to apply to your job, what did you learn? What did university teach you as a person, do you feel? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think all my postgraduate study probably it gave me the ability to critically think, I think. Yeah, that's probably the main thing. I just, it gave me the ability to, to, to actually critically think. This is the Passion and Perspective podcast brought to you by Sporting Chance Media. You spoke about there that you lost a bit of the passion at that point as well for running. Whilst the passion was gone, did, did you miss that? Did you miss the thrill of competition and training and, you know, the endorphins kick that you get from running as well? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I started to do CrossFit. Um, that's kind of what I, I was riding a little bit, um, but obviously I'm just uh, pretty little, so I don't really have much power. And um, then I started to do CrossFit, and I was really good at the like uh, gymnastic kind of movements, cardio movements, and um, so I could get a few little like go quite well. But I knew I was never able to, I'd never be able to lift heavy like the the stronger girls. So, but it really started to get my competitive juices flowing, and that's pretty much why I started running again it's because I miss comp- competing yeah what do you think motherhood has taught you Marnie um, you had that time away from the running and, and as you said we could really focus in on that uh, and make it a priority in your life what do you think it's taught you since becoming a mum I think it gives you perspective maybe I think you um I think if you go bad in something it doesn't really matter because your kids don't care you know, it's not important to them and you realise actually it's probably not that big a deal. So I think it's um, provided me with some perspective and time management skills as well. <laughs> and we, you spoke about there that the CrossFit really helped you get back into running. You got that competitive streak back. What lured you back to running in terms of the competitions? Was there someone who gave you an opening or tapped you on the shoulder and said, okay, Marty, you, you should come and compete here. What really got you back into the competitive side of it? Well, I started to kind of, um, I started to run and the Blue Mountains community has so many, like our area is packed with runners. So there was just a group, Blue Mountains Marathon Clinics, just a, like a group of people that kind of just do some social runs and I started jogging with them and it's like, you know, I'm getting fit again. I feel good. 
And, um, and then they were talking about all the local races, like six foot and things like that. And that kind of got me a bit excited. And then there was another group I kind of, I decided, oh, I want to run more. So I joined the up coaching group, which is a local group around. And that kind of got me fitter and training more. And then I knew that, yeah, I'm, I'm good to race. <laughs> and what was it like for you starting again was for a lot of us, you know, when we try to get back into running and try to get fit again, there's, there can be a, a period of a couple of months where it's a real, real drag and a real burn to try to get back into it. Did you find you were able to kind of snap straight back into running mode or did it take a little while to build up both the fitness and the love for it? Uh, not the love. I was, I was there. I was ready to run again. So, so that was there. Um, fitness, it's running's tricky. It's all about consistency. So you've got to be, you've got to um, consistently, you know, wake up and just get the work done. And then it all comes, it all comes together. I, when I decided to get back to running, I had the goal of um, winning six foot. So I was working towards something. So it made it easier to get up each day. You spoke about the social side of things and, and the, the strength of the Blue Mountains running community. What did that do for your sense of belonging to know that there was a pretty captive and supportive community that, that was easy enough for you to kind of join in with? Yeah, it's great. It, like, the, like I love feeling part of the community and that's like there's just so many runners around and and, you know, I can have easy runs and I just can message someone and I know someone's going to go out for a run with me. And it's, um, yeah, I don't know. The whole, our community that we have is super special and it's made me really love the area. You spoke about the, the social side there. Do you find that you tend to like running on your own and kind of getting in the zone? Or for you, is, is the social component just as important? This is a tricky question. So I like running with people, but um, I, uh, I think I like running at my own pace, though, if that makes sense. So I don't know whether I'm necessarily particularly social, but I, I enjoy others being around. Yeah. And is every <laughs> run for you, Marty, is every run a training exercise or are you, do you get the enjoyment of going out for, say, a 10K run just for the, the, the thrill and the fitness? No, everything's very planned, very, very planned. So, um, you know, building for whatever race that I might be building for, everything now is, is very prescriptive. I'm um, trained by a fellow, Dick Telford, and he, um, he's a, a, a very intelligent coach and everything's planned. So there's no, no surprises. I know exactly what I'm doing and it's all for a purpose, yeah. You're talking there around the, the physical side of running and, and building up to an event. What do you do to fine-tune the mental side of things for running? Because especially, you know, the longer distances, the marathons and ultra trails, they, they can be incredibly mentally draining. What do you do to really fine-tune your mind for a race? Well, I think training does that. Like, I think if you're consistent in training and you're turning up to sessions and you're doing all the work, I think that teaches you mentally what to do in the race. So, you know, all the work's done at training. So you hurt at training and, and it teaches your body, you know, and it teaches your mind what to do when you're struggling, how to push through it, how to keep going, you know, not to panic and, and have positive thoughts and, and not negative self-talk and, you know, you have all your little tricks in races that you do to talk to make it a, 
you know, to convince your body and your mind that you can keep going. And for any given week, how often are you out there training for running, Marnie? Um, so I go up to about 200 kilometres a week. Um, if I'm building for a marathon this week, I'm about 175 because I have, I'm only building for a 10K and then I'll push up. I've got a, a race in April, a marathon race in April. So I'll, I'll probably go upwards of 200 kilometres a week. So I don't know. It's a... Uh, most days uh, right now, I um, either training once or twice a day, but generally, you know, anywhere between 20 and 35 kilometres a day. In your day-to-day work, you're an emergency nurse practitioner at an emergency department. How do you go about managing training with family and life with the running as well? I know we alluded to it earlier, but kind of hearing the kilometres that you're referring to and the time, how do you go about fitting that all into your day? Because I think for a lot of people, there often seems to be not enough time in the day. What what would you say is the best way to get past that? Consistent wake up. So, like I work shift work. I work a lot of evenings usually. Um, so that will start at two thirty. So I'm able to if I wake I wake up at five every morning, um, and then do my first session at five thirty. And then if I'm working at two thirty, then I do another session at. Uh, or double run, it's usually an easier run at like 12. Um, I'm working mornings, again, I wake up at five and then get out, do my session, get to work by eight and then uh, do a double when I get home. Uh, I think you just got to be consistent. And I think the best thing for these bigger weeks that I find is a consistent wake up. So I wake up at five every day, unless I have a, a particularly, like last Sunday I had a 35K run to do before an eight o'clock workday so I um was up a little bit earlier I don't know you just got to get it done just don't give yourself excuses <laughs> does it sound does it sound bizarre to you for, for me and, and the audience hearing the, the kilometers and the, the discipline with you verbalizing that actually talking about it, does it feel strange to you and and almost bizarre the amount of running that you're able to fit into a week a little a little but um yeah, I don't know. When I say I just, I think I probably sound a little bit um, single-minded and, and focused and a little bit mad, probably. But uh, <laughs> I enjoy it. Yeah, I don't know how I get that many cases. I think, like, I don't think I ever thought I would run 200-plus kilometre weeks, but now it's happening. I, uh, I don't know. I seem to fit it in. You get a lot more efficient in life. What, what role is running played for you in stepping away from the intensity of your day-to-day work? I think uh, I like to really kind of separate things. I think running, uh, it's a good question. I think running enables me, it gives me an out. And it. so I don't usually think about work when I'm running. I think I run and, and that's great. And I get really great endorphins and I feel really good. And then, uh, having to fit it in I become really efficient and as a result I think I probably become really efficient at work as well kind of I'm really focused when I get to work and I love that I don't have to think about running at work and I'm just focused on a job that I really enjoy so they're two very separate things and it means that I don't have to focus on one thing all the time I'm shifting and I think that works really well for me I I think that kind of compartmentalized approach is a good way to live and I think you often hear that from people like yourself who are pursuing 
two careers really that the key is to be disciplined and focused at the task at hand and Marnie what motivates you do you think what motivates you to be better as a runner and also better as a nurse practitioner and as a mum at the same time is there something ingrained that really makes you want to improve um I think I for as far as my uh, nurse practitioner role in emergency I think you know I want to get better kind of to I actually I guess from being a part of the community, get better for my community. If I'm providing really good health care for my community, then then that's a good thing. So that's probably what drives me for work. For running, I, I like to I like to go well and I like to achieve goals and that's what drives me in running. And as far as family life, I think um sometimes I could probably do that a bit better and I think uh, just being present for, for the kids, yeah, and my partner. This is the Passion and Perspective podcast brought to you by Sporting Chance Media. Looking at a race day, Marnie, do nerves come into it for you the morning of a race? They used to when I was like a lot younger, but since I've come back from running, I don't get nervous anymore. I think, um, you know, I can... uh, yeah, I just don't get nervous anymore. I like, uh, I think I'm more excited now. Um, it's kind of changed as I've got older, the way I think about running, and I know that I'm only, I am going to do the best that I have on that day. And I think kids have, as I said before, is giving me perspective, so I don't have the, those crazy nerves anymore. No, I'm just excited that I can actually be a part of it. And once you're within the race and, and you're running, how much are you focusing on? tactics and, and technique throughout the race so it just depends on the distance so uh 5k's i run very differently to the way i run marathon um 5k i guess you can be a bit more uh tactic uh use tactics same with 10k marathon i'm very much um well i'm after a time so i'm very much running uh to the way i feel in saying that, I'm not a particularly tactical runner. I just go out hard <laughs> and generally hope for the best. There's often times in a, in a race I'm sure that you'll encounter a challenge, whether that be a mental block, a physical hurdle or something that's just impairing your performance. Do you have a way of, of overcoming those challenges? Do you have a bit of a, a mantra or a way of resetting yourself and, and focusing back on the task at hand? Yeah, so I guess I have little cues where I, um, it's interesting. I'm just thinking about, you know, if things are getting difficult, then I start to cue with my body. So I'm like, just relax your arms so your stride length doesn't get shortened. Um, Calm, like just control your breathing. You can push through this um, and just really positive positive self-talk and then generally you know whatever difficulty you're feeling passes and and you're ready to go again but then sometimes in races it doesn't pass it's a real slog and you need to think you just need to refocus your goals and you just go you know what the goal today is just to finish and just it doesn't matter so sometimes it's just hard but the main goal is always just to to get it done and 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 not be disappointed about the result at the end but yeah sometimes it's really difficult We've spoken with Brendan Davies on the podcast and he spoke about how 
in those longer races, you start almost making deals with yourself. It's the devil on the shoulder saying, okay, one more kilometre, then we can have a break. Or we'll get around this corner and we'll take it a little bit easier. Do you, do you encounter those moments where you've got the, the devil on the shoulder and, and you almost get into a bit of a dark place with your running? Yeah, I'm not as silly to run. Uh, I've only ever run like uh, 45 kilometer races. Um, I'll, I'll go higher, but I'm not as crazy as Brendan in his uh, 100 mile efforts. But I do always tell myself, if you finish this marathon, you can lie down at the finish line. <laughs> And you can have a rest. And I never, hardly ever lie down at the finish line, but that's what I tell myself, that you will be able to have a rest when you're finished. <laughs> How important, I know we alluded to the preparation side of it, but when you're in the race, what do you think is the split between the mental and the physical? Which one tends to be more important to you as a runner? Oh, they're both equally as important because you can't push your body if you haven't trained it. So you, can, you, you can't have a realistic expectation. You've got to, you have to have a realistic expectation of what you're actually capable of doing through your training. So that physical capability is really important. But then if you don't have the mental capacity to, you know, have positive self-talk and, and, and believe that you can do it, then you're never going to do it. So. They're both very equally as important, I'd say, especially for the, the marathon. And Marnie, we hear anecdotally that the ability to run long distances, again, marathons and, and further, can become a bit easier you know, when you're in your 30s versus when you're in your, your 20s. Why do you think that's the case? Do you think, again, that comes down to the mental side of things, that you're more aware of your body, you're more aware of your strengths as well? Yeah, I don't know. I think you've just I think you've just got life experience. And I think life experience just kind of gives you the ability to kind of push a bit harder. Yeah, I think that's probably why people go better in their 30s. Um, you're definitely faster in your 20s, but uh, I don't know. It doesn't seem to convert to the marathon. That's the other thing. You've got cumulative kilometres in your legs when you're older. We've seen marathon running, ultra trail running, you know, tough mudders, all these events have started to become a little bit more mainstream. And as you said, the Blue Mountains running community just keeps growing and growing. What does that mean to you? How proud are you to see the sport that you've dedicated so much of your life to really starting to grow? Yeah, it's awesome. Like, and there's people in the mountains that have done really great things to kind of push that as well. So you know, Ben Berryman with the Blue Mountains Marathon Clinic, Brendan with Up Coaching, and then Shane now with the shop, um, which has become a real hub for, for runners. Um, I love it. I think running's great for you and running's great for your health and it's enjoyable and, and I love that people are out there and they're interested and they're, and they're doing it. What stimulation do you get from the, the nature of the Blue Mountains? We, incredible world heritage site with dozens and dozens and dozens of trails to run do you get a certain spark from running in nature or even just being around the mountains area definitely so whenever i can whenever i've got an easy run or wherever i need to recharge i go straight into the national park um i don't know i think it's beautiful and i love it 
and then but we're so lucky like living you know um in the mountains i can just come down to penrith and and run any flat surface that i want um so i get all my flat training done as well so on the roads and like with regatta and the river and jamison park um we've got great like um great facilities so but i definitely love living in the mountains yeah and love running in the mountains there's something about it you've competed in events marty all around the world and all around australia which event is on the bucket list for you which is one that you want to compete in but then also conquer ah that's a good question and i know the answer um for me i want to run fast enough that i can get a start in a major and that major like i'd love to you know one day run like um uh, Boston or New York or one of those and I think that would be a really big tick for me and for my running so if I can run fast enough to get a start there I'd be pretty happy. And do you know what the key is for you is is it fine-tuning certain aspects of your training or is it just you know pushing yourself a little bit further what, what do you feel is the key to, to getting yourself there? Yeah so it's uh, pretty much everything so pushing harder, doing more Ks, so getting the training done, um, which I completely trust that Dick uh, will give me the right work and, uh, and so that's done. I've just got to do it. Um, diet, recovery, uh, everything. It's everything. Um, you need to just have it, all the 1% all done. Nutrition, hydration. And if you can get it all done you, you know, potentially set up so you can run fast. This is the Passion and Perspective podcast brought to you by Sporting Chance Media. Marty, who's been your greatest influence, do you feel, on your running to this point? Uh, Probably in recent years, it's um, since I've been with Dick Telford, he's probably been a a big influence on my running. other than that, probably my first, very, very, very first coach was a massive influence on my running. Um, and then uh, I think she's the one that kind of planted the marathon seed all the way back when I was uh, 10 years old. So uh, she's had a massive influence on my running. Yeah. Um, coaches, always coaches and coaches who essentially have been mentors in my life are the ones that have influenced my running. And if we throw back to your childhood when that marathon seed was first planted, do you think you would be surprised? You would have surprised yourself as a youngster in terms of how far you've come as a marathon runner? I think I'd be happy, but I think I'd want to go faster. Um, so I've always, <laughs> I'm just always a little bit too competitive. So Michelle's marathon time, was, my first coach was 2.48 and that was the goal. So I got that and then I wanted more and then I want. The, when I remembered that I could, when I remembered reading the article about the 2000 games and the um, qualified time was 2.34, I wanted to go faster than 2.34 and then I've done 2.31 and now I want to go faster and, and do the world champs qualifier and I'm sure once I do that, I want to go faster again. So I don't know if there's ever a point where I'll be happy with what I've run and um, so I don't know, a little girl looking at what I've done today, I'll probably have the same thought I'm pretty happy with what I've done, but I'll, I'll always want to go, go quicker, right? <laughs> and what advice would you pass on then to, you know, a girl in the same situation, if you're in the coach's shoes now, what would you say to a young athlete coming through 
what's something you'd, you'd say to really light that spark in them? I just, I think it's really important for young athletes just to have that self-belief. I think they need to, I tell them to enjoy their running and I tell them to be consistent. And the main thing I think when you're young is, is mental. Like I think some people can get really anxious about their running or nervous or anxious about competing. And I think the most important thing is that they really recognize why they're running and enjoy it. That's the main, that's, that's the advice I'd give is just, you know, if you can recognise that you're running because you actually like running, then great, go for it and you just enjoy it. Marty, it's been a, a unique and quite an incredible journey for you representing your country, competing on the world stage, working day-to-day as a nurse practitioner whilst being a mother. Do you take time to stop and reflect on your journey to this point? Uh, not often, No. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, uh, I'm, you know, I'm super happy where I am career-wise and I still have more to do with running and um, the kids are still really young so I've got lots of uh, parenting I need to kind of be involved with and, and I just don't, I don't really reflect on um, what I've done previously. I think I'll do that later on when I retire maybe from, uh, from all things. But I, what I can say is I, I'm really happy with... Uh, my choices and what I'm doing right now in life. Along those same lines, do you feel that in life, Marnie, we find ourselves or we create ourselves as people? Do you feel that the path is laid out for all of us and we just live it or that every decision we make every day shapes where we end up? No, I think every decision we make shapes where we end up, most definitely. I think everyone needs to, you know, if you want to do something, you've got to make a, a really concerted effort to kind of achieve it. And the way you do that is the most smallest decision, even setting your alarm at a particular point, choosing to, uh, you know, eat healthily, choosing to uh, not drink, choosing to, you know, go to bed early. There's a, you definitely have to um, uh, make small decisions which lead you to where you, where you want to go. It's definitely not laid out. And Marnie, what's next for you? You've spoken about the, the World Champs Qualifier. What else is on the radar for you in the next little while? All right, so because of COVID, it's pretty difficult to race overseas and to do an overseas marathon. So um, I'm going to try and do it in Australia. So next up is just the State 5K Champs to kind of get some speed going. And then I will run a 10K in Hobart in February. And um, and then after that, I'm going to run Newcastle Marathon in April. And, um, and that will be my attempt to try and get a, a faster time with some training partners pacing me. And Marty, what's the best way for people to follow your progress online throughout those different events and just generally staying up to date with your running? Uh, probably, um, yeah, Instagram. So man underscore ponton and um yeah that's my instagram name i usually post stuff on there about running not too much but um yeah just enough (laughs) marnie thank you for sharing your incredible story on the passion and perspective podcast wishing you all the best thank you thank you for having me thanks for listening to the passion and perspective podcast The Passion and Perspective podcast is made in loving memory of Katie Margaret Lees, who truly lived with passion and perspective.